live from the clergy suite. It is the Temple Isaiah clergy. I'm sitting here once again with Rabbi Zoe Klein-Miles, Cantor Tiffany Coyo, Rabbi Joel Nickerson. I am Rabbi Dara Frimmer. And we are excited to bring you our next live podcast. We are going to talk about another intersection of tradition and innovation, and that is the story and celebration of Hanukkah. We thought in anticipation of this very beloved Jewish American holiday that we would offer some new insights, new thoughts, go a little bit into the past to look at the tradition and the origin of the holiday, and then how the rabbis and eventually reformed Jews have looked at tradition and said, there is perhaps uh, a sweeter spot to find if we offer some innovation, ways to make this tradition feel relevant and resonant in our time. So Joel, we're going to start with you. You are tasked with telling us the original story of Hanukkah. Go. Okay. This is a warning. If you have young children who are listening to this and you do not want to ruin the story of Hanukkah, please turn this off or tell them to leave the room uh, because there are some graphic elements to the original story. Okay. With that being said, a long time ago, before the destruction of the Second Temple, the Jews were living in the land of Israel. There was a king there, not a Jewish king who wanted to destroy these Jewish people. This part you probably remember. Um, he came and he destroyed the temple. He destroyed the lands. And Mattathias, who was a Jew, uh, and his family decided that they wanted to rebel. Uh, they wanted to rise up and they wanted this temple back. The, the reality, though, was that they were rebelling not just against the Syrio-Greek army. They were also rebelling against the Jews who were assimilating and who were following along with all the Greek traditions. So for pause there for one second. Joel, did you just say there might be two levels of rebellion? Oh, there are two levels of rebellion. It sounds like, if I heard this correctly, one is the obvious enemy, the foreign king who destroys our temple, and the other is the less obvious enemy. It is the Jewish population within who they feel are no longer observant, no longer following the ways of God, and so it is a two-front assault. Yeah. So Mattathias was a Jew who was a zealot. So we're this the story of Hanukkah is really about zealotry. It's about a group of Jews who wanted the rest of the Jews to abide by a certain set of Jewish law. And for those who didn't, they literally went around and forcibly circumcised these other Jews who were not following the law according to them. They would uh, ransack their towns. They did a lot of terrible things for these Jews who were assimilating into the general culture. Uh, and finally, they do, Mattathias and his son Judah the Maccabee, uh, do get to the temple and they do reconsecrate and rededicate the temple. That's why it's called Hanukkah, rededication of the temple. Uh, and then they rule for a hundred and something years, but with an iron fist. And the rest of the Jewish community was so turned off by their leadership style and the fact that they were so zealous in Jewish law that at the end they get kicked out and their reign is ended. And so Judah and the Maccabees, while they rededicated the temple, their take on Judaism was something that the rabbis weren't so keen on. And that's why the story that I just recalled in very brief you know, summary, uh, is not found in the Torah at all. If you want to read the actual story of Hanukkah, you're not going to find it in 
any of the Old Testament, you have to go to the Apocrypha, which is all the writings that the rabbis decided not to include in our texts. Um, and you find it in the New Testament. So in the Book of Maccabees, there's a Book of Maccabees 1 and the Book of Maccabees 2. Uh, so you can go there to find all the details and you can be in contact with me if you'd like to read that text and I can send it to you. <laughs> So, Zoe, how is it that we move from zealotry and uh, reigns of uh, foreign kings and eventually of extremist Jews uh, into dreidels, Hanukkiot, latkes, and happy children singing? <laughs> this is really the ultimate intersection between tradition and innovation because there's this little portion in the Talmud there are two words in the Talmud where they say my Hanukkah which translates as what is Hanukkah but I like to think of it with a different tone like not just what is Hanukkah but what are we going to do about Hanukkah are we really going to teach these stories of bloodshed and martyrdom are we going to teach the story of Mattathias uh, killing another Jew slaying him with a sword and then lifting it up and saying anyone who's for the Torah and God follow me are we going to teach kids that uh, about martyrdom that it's better to die than eat bacon as it's actually a story that you'd find in the book of Maccabees uh, the story of Hannah and her children who die rather than eat a ham sandwich are these the stories what do our people look like generations from now if we tell these stories so what is Hanukkah and so what they do is they actually create this story of the oil, the magical oil that lasts eight days that was supposed to last one day. And so they create, they invent a story. And why do they invent this story, this incredible story of, of light in the darkness, of, of hope when there is no hope? Um, they create this, this child-friendly story of light. And it, in many ways, they it's not that they, maybe they do, they hide all of the violent tellings of the of the real story of Hanukkah in order to in order to protect us and lift us up. That's great. And it was a decision made uh, two thousand years ago. Yeah. Uh, that has still stuck around today. Even when we go looking for the old story, no one seems to want to recover it and reposition it and say, no, this should actually be the new celebration of Hanukkah for, I think, obvious reasons of zealotry is not the way that certainly as Reformed Jews, we practice our tradition. Um, and I think we've all come to really appreciate themes of light and of miracles and of God's presence, even in our darkest times. So, Tiffany. Let's talk a little bit about where we find ourselves today at the intersection of tradition and innovation. In your experience leading a Reformed Jewish community, what are we likely to see people doing and what are some new ideas perhaps that we want to reach for as we prepare to celebrate Hanukkah this year? So out of this new narrative of light, we have the Hanukkah that we light each night. We have this idea that we've borrowed from our neighbors of giving gifts each night. We play dreidel, we eat chocolate gelt, we eat oily foods, um, and we, we've, we've adapted all of these things as children and brought them into our homes. So I've been thinking a lot over the past few years, and I've actually created a, a document that we'll be putting online at templeisaiah.com with ways to make Hanukkah even more meaningful, ways to innovate it further, especially to think of ways in which we can celebrate the holiday without having to just give gifts or eat oily food. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I like to do those things as well. Uh, so one thing that I love is the idea of dedicating each night to something different um, and having family members pick a theme for each night or a Jewish value. So I've outlined some of those Jewish values 
Um, they can be the value of community, kahila, of family, mishpacha, of repairing the world, tikkun olam. Imagine a night where your whole family goes out and does a tikkun olam, a justice project together for an organization that they, fa that they find meaningful. Uh, you, PJ Library has a number of books available on Hanukkah. You can read a different book each night, have conversations around Jewish learning, and ask the questions, depending on your child's age, that Rabbi Zoe has outlined on how do we make this, uh, make this holiday sink into our hearts today. Uh, another thing that you can do, which I like, is create theme nights. So maybe one night is a music night where you turn on Apple Music and they have a wonderful Hanukkah uh, music playlist. That's the word, playlist. Uh, maybe another night is a craft night or a cooking night. And there's all of these different ways in which you can make the holiday come alive for your children, even weeks leading up to it, talking about the themes, asking your teachers in the religious school and in the preschool what they're learning in class so that then you can have the conversations with your children. That's great. I would also challenge for the adults who are listening because this holiday can oftentimes be surrendered to the children. They are very enthusiastic about the gold coins and about the presents that you have hidden. Uh, in what ways uh, do we deny ourselves as Jewish adults, as adults raising Jewish families, uh, a chance to really engage in some hard themes? So I want to return again to the original story that Joel presented. Uh, in what ways are we still vulnerable to uh, the demonization of the other within, whether it is someone in our family who does not practice the way we believe rituals should be practiced or parenting should be practiced. Uh, how do we look askance at members of our community because they believe differently and therefore we push them aside or we marginalize them because we say our way is the right way? In what ways do we see those ancient themes of othering still playing out in America today? Whether it is the refugee and asylum seeker at the border, whether it is our fear of the person who politically votes differently than we do. Uh, and in many ways, we are just as vulnerable as our ancestors were to saying at a certain point, these people are no longer welcome. Uh, and so how do we challenge ourselves to look differently at our own judgments and our own willingness to create a bigger tent, uh, whether it's in our families or in our sanctuaries or in our country? It's interesting that in Israel, uh, we think of Passover as the festival of freedom, but Israel actually considers Hanukkah the festival of freedom. And um, to think about it as the holiday that celebrates religious freedom, that different people should be able to express themselves, have, a, have that voice. Um, in Israel, Passover, it, it's a, God helps us to become free, but Hanukkah is all about humankind taking it upon themselves to fight for their freedoms. So along with your suggestions, this idea of um, what are the freedoms that we have to fight for now? Who are the people who don't have religious freedom, who can't use their voice? And how do we not just dedicate the temple, but how do we dedicate ourselves to be to become the sanctuary for those people? Nice. The Torah refers to us as the as the people who are the light unto the nations. So that idea of blending uh, us as light with, do, with uh, bringing a message of freedom into the world is a great way to do that. So I think, think this holiday could be a call for us to go out and uh, to live the, live the values we wanna live. Excellent. 
So we are excited to always hear from you as to your unique holiday traditions. Uh, and if you have questions uh, about the historic story or the more contemporary one, all of us are available to talk anytime throughout the holiday. Um, and most importantly, we hope that it is filled for you with light and with joy and with an opportunity to have moments of reflection uh, with family and friends and certainly with community. Just a plug for December 7th, Friday night, we are celebrating Hanukkah here. There will be incredible music, great opportunities for community, good food, uh, and we hope that we see you there. And if not, stay tuned because we're hoping to release one tiny podcast with a kavana, an intentional thought, for every night of Hanukkah. So keep Keep yourself uh, either tuned into our podcast by subscribing on uh, iTunes or just keep looking for Facebook updates as well. Uh, we're excited to continue celebrating uh, this amazing holiday of light and joy. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah.